Christmas. Once a year, people in different parts of the world, in different ways and with different traditions, come together with family and friends to celebrate. No matter where we are, no matter what the weather is like outside, we know this time of year is special. We hang lights all around town and in our homes. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. To remind us how brightly these lights shine in the darkness. We give gifts to those we love. What might it be? <gasps> even to strangers, to show love, to remind us that there are some good things in life that we don't deserve and cannot earn. We receive them with a smile and a grateful heart. We give them with a smile and an understanding that every gift given is a reflection of the gift that changed the world. A reflection of the light in the darkness. This is the Christmas edition of the Edge of Adventure podcast. My guest today is Vladimir Prognevsky. He grew up in poverty in Soviet-era Ukraine. He knows what it's like to be persecuted. He knows what it's like not to have. We didn't have enough shoes for everybody in the family. We had to take turns to go outside to play. I would put my shoes on, go outside, play with my friends, come back, take the shoes off, and give it to the next person in line. And he knows what it's like as a child to receive a surprise gift on a cold winter's day. It's like we transitioned from this black and white Ukrainian winter to a a room that was full of color, it was warm, there were so many beautiful smiles. Prepared by someone he's never met. Delivered by an organization that specializes in bringing good tidings of great joy. Great to have you with us today for this special edition of the podcast as we welcome Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Edge of Adventure podcast. Of course, my name is Adam Asher. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of this week in and week out. This is a very special time of year, so this is a very special edition. My privilege and pleasure to introduce to you someone who is joining us from Operation Christmas Child and Samaritan's Purse. Please welcome Vladimir Prognevsky to the program. Vlad, how are you? Thanks for being here. I'm doing well, Adam. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly an honor. Let's talk about Operation Christmas Child. Somebody perhaps hearing about it for the first time. What is Operation Christmas Child? Operation Christmas Child is a project of Samaritan's Purse. And Samaritan's Purse has many different projects, but it's a project of Samaritan's Purse where people around the world pack these beautiful, colorful shoe boxes just like this one. 
and they send them to other parts of the world, like third world countries, people that uh, never heard of the gospel before. And what's so beautiful about the shoeboxes that not only do children get a beautiful gift filled with school supplies, toys, hygiene items, all kinds of beautiful brand new things. But most importantly, kids get introduced to the best gift giver, to Jesus. They get to hear about the gospel and the love of, of Jesus, love of God. And uh, that's what Operation Christmas Child is all about. We are so used to getting gifts. I mean, I hate to say it, but in, in part of so much of the world, there's such an emphasis on it that even the meaning of it sometimes is lost. You, though, you lived a different experience. You, as a child, received a gift. You received a shoebox. Tell us a little bit about that story when you first came into contact with Operation Christmas Child. Absolutely. But what's so beautiful, Adam, is that I wasn't the only one who received a shoebox in my family. The whole I come from a family of nine kids, and all of my brothers and sisters got a shoebox. And my dad was an underground pastor in Kiev, Ukraine. And before I forget, my dad is still alive today. He lives up in Columbus, Ohio, where it's so flat you can watch your dog run away for three days. But my dad, he risked his life preaching the gospel on the streets of Kiev at the time when it wasn't popular or allowed. It was during communism. And because my father was a Christian, living in a communist country, he was hindered from advancing our society. So because of that, my, my father had to settle for low-paying jobs. And every time he was captured and written up, it greatly affected his pay even more. So it got to the point to where we didn't have enough shoes for everybody in the family. We had to take turns to go outside to play. I would put my shoes on, go outside, play with my friends, come back, take the shoes off and give it to the next person in line. We also had to share our toothbrushes. And uh, so I would take my toothbrush, brush my teeth, give it to my mom. My mom would wash it with hot water and soap, and then she would give it to, uh, to the next person in line. And we didn't have access to a lot of toys especially new toys, but it didn't stop us from being creative and making our own toys. We made yo-yos out of Coca-Cola caps and we played with our shoes, pretending they were cars. And as for food, we pretty much grew up on rice and potatoes, which I often jokingly say that we were vegetarians before it was even cool or popular. And so we grew up very poor on the inside and uh, heavily persecuted on the outside. But it was during that time, Adam, that we were invited to come to a Christmas celebration. And even like just getting to that place, it was in the middle of cold Ukrainian winter. We had to hop on a bus and then on the tram just to get to this place. And we were lightly dressed because we couldn't afford warm clothes. But it was just so exciting because I knew that I was going to get a gift. And when we pulled up to this place, what was so special is that I was walking in at the same time with somebody that I recognized from my class, somebody who was not a Christian. And I was just extremely surprised to see this person there because this person made fun of me for being a Christian. And here's this person is walking into the same building I am. And for some reason, I thought this was just for Christians because it was Christmas celebration. In my country, people don't celebrate Christmas like you do here in America. Our version of Santa Claus, the old man winter comes on New Year's. And so I, I didn't, wasn't expecting to see non-believers there. But what was so interesting is that this place was filled with people from all walks of life. It was an outreach event. And when we walked into this building, which was formerly was a government building you know, owned by the Communist Party. But when we walked in, it's like we transitioned from this black and white Ukrainian winter to a, a room that was full of color. It was warm. There were so many beautiful, perfect American smiles. And it was like a big birthday party for everyone. They gave us juices and snacks that I, I've never had before. It was just a lot to take in. But the most important thing is that they presented the gospel to us before giving us the gifts and everything else. They just presented the gospel to us and they didn't just do it just a, you know, this unusual way, but they did it in a very creative and unique way through singing, dancing, cartoons, movies, animations, flannel boards, puppet shows. It was so visual, so colorful. And for a child who was nine years old, it, it was special. 
I remember just like, you know, by the end of the evening, if you didn't understand what the gospel was all about, you weren't paying attention because they went above and beyond. And so that was just even before getting a gift, that was kind of, I want to paint the picture how, you know, where, where I come from and just the experience, just being in that place, experiencing that unconditional love. Because in my country, people don't smile very often, as you may already know, people don't just, it's, it's rare. And so when, when I walked in, just experiencing those smiles and that love, unconditional love, even if they stopped at that, it would have been enough because it was a lot to take in anyway. But at the very end, that's when I brought out these beautiful shoe boxes and we can get into that. But I just want to point out that it was even special just getting to the shoe boxes, just the whole experience being in that building, feeling that unconditional love was, was super special. Well, let's talk about that a minute. But before I do, just a quick reminder, everybody, we are talking Operation Christmas Child today. And Operation Christmas Child is a project from and on behalf of Samaritan's Purse. And you can look them up online at samaritanspurse.org. And if you want to go specifically to the Operation Christmas Child page, you just go to samaritanspurse.org slash OCC for more information about Operation Christmas Child. And of course, this is a Christmas special, and we're taking a moment to focus on an organization that year-round works very hard to be able to deliver these shoeboxes to the families and the kids in these areas. Through the years, does this sound right? 188 million shoeboxes have been delivered? That's right, since the start of the project in 1993. So I'm just one of 188 million shoebox recipients. Operation Christmas Child works around the world. Now over 100 countries. Yes, we go everywhere where there is a need. Where the gospel, especially where the gospel haven't been heard. So imagine, look at these boxes, like boxes full of light, boxes full of Jesus that go to the most unreached parts of the world. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like a candle going to darkness. It shines bright. And I truly believe children, by just touching these shoe boxes, they feel that same unconditional love that they were packed with. Unconditional love. Okay. Now it's now second or third time you've mentioned that. Also, I know that in your home country where you grew up, I've done a little bit of research. I understand, I think that you're supposed to give a, a gift in return. Is that right? Yes. I don't, everything is conditional in my country. When somebody gives you something, you always expect something in return. It's always transactional. And so for a young child, because something that's hard to wrap around for Americans, this conditional giving, there is just everything's driven around it. Even it's corrupt, even like in, on the levels of school, when, you know, to get a good grade, you got to bribe your teacher with a box of chocolates, you know, different things. Like if you get pulled over, you bribe the cop. So you get out of the ticket. So everything's conditional, everything's transactional and it's ingrained in people's mind. And so when I was given that gift, for me, what was so, not even so much about what was in a gift, it was just that it was beautiful, everything was new, everything was colorful, but most importantly is that it was given to me with no strings attached unconditionally from a stranger, from somebody completely, from other part of the world, a person who will probably never meet me, not on this side of heaven. And so that's to, to me, like just as an adult moving to the United States and years later, just pondering, thinking about all this, that's what's something that was hard to process. Like, why would somebody take their time, take their money, both precious resources, and do something so nice for somebody they'll never meet? And it's so hard to process that for a young child. And for me, that was probably the most impactful thing out of this experience was this unconditional giving, unconditional love. We're talking today with Vladimir Prognevsky for the special edition of the Edge of Adventure podcast. He's here today on behalf of Operation Christmas Child and Samaritan's Purse. Look him up online at samaritanspurse.org slash O-C-C. 
for the families and individuals that prepare these boxes. What's the task? How are you preparing the boxes? The practicalities of how these gifts get collected by individuals and then ultimately delivered. The process is very simple. You can start with a shoebox, just regular shoebox, or you can get one of these beautiful, colorful shoeboxes from Samaritan's Purse Operation Christmas Child. And you can get them at Hobby Lobby during the collection season, like uh, before November. So you can do that. Then just pick a H category. You can go online to samaritanspurse.org/occ. You can learn more about the age categories and choose the person you want to pack for. Like, is it a boy? Is it a girl? The age. And then put yourself in the shoes of that person. That's what I usually tell people. Pack to that for that person everything that you always wanted to get at that age. And like yesterday, for example, I'm big on soccer. I come from Europe. Soccer is huge. So yesterday we went to uh, stores here. I got a soccer ball. I deflated the soccer ball, put a pump in it. Got some musical instruments as well, harmonica. Got some school supplies, things like that. Everything I always wanted to get because growing up, we didn't have enough. We only had one soccer ball for the whole neighborhood. And when that soccer ball popped, it was like it was like a depressed day in the neighborhood because we couldn't do anything. And we were waiting for somebody else to have a birthday so so they can get a, a soccer ball. And so I always make sure to pack a soccer ball. Always some kind of instruments are great. Any kind of tools, things that they can learn. Like my wife, she, she put a sewing kit in for the girl that she's packing because it's something you can do different skills they can learn. And I always try to pack a little something for the mother because on that day when, when that child opens up a gift, it doesn't just bless the, the child, but also blesses the mother. And I always say the best way to get to my heart is through through my children, right? You want to show love to my kids. That's how you show love to me. And so I always try to put like socks or a little hat or something like that. Because my mom, she had to grow up. She had to stay up all night. And she had to make socks and underwear for us out of old clothes or donated material, you know, and she did the laundry for us, 11 kids and her hands would always crack and bleed from all the laundry she had to do by hand. And so I always think of that mother who has to do everything manually and probably has to stay up all night making these different things. So half of the box, usually for the child, the other half, you don't have to do it that way, but that's the way I like to think. Then what we do, we close the box and we pray for this box because prayer is the most important thing. It like seals the deal, right? And a lot of times people ask, well, do you know who is it going to go for? Like, do you know the person is going to go to? Well, now you can actually track the, the shoe boxes. If you go online and print the label, you can actually track your shoe box. But to me, it doesn't matter where it goes to because I would have prayed for it. And I pray for it just like I pray for a child. My mom growing up, she used to pray for us while we were still in the womb. She would, she would speak life over us. And so I put this box on my, on my belly like there's a, like it's a child in the womb. And I speak life, life and love over this child. And I just release it. And at that point, it's up to God where the shoebox goes to the right person and uh, you'll bless just the right people. And so, and then on the receiving end, on the other side, we have a team of volunteers, people um, that deliver these boxes, uh, that know the exact places they need to go. They work with local communities, churches, and uh, they go to the right people at the right places. That's kind of in a nutshell how it works. Vlad, you mentioned earlier that growing up your father and I suppose your entire family were persecuted and persecuted for your faith. Why was that? That's not something a lot of us really would understand, or we don't have that in our experience per se. We might have heard about it, but why were you persecuted and and how? What was that like? You know, it is an interesting question. It's a question that I ask, you know, even at this age, I'm 34 years old. And I asked that question, it's like, why, why were we such a threat to the local government? You know, it all goes back to we as Christians, we carry light and darkness doesn't like light because light exposes darkness, right? What happens to a dark room when the light comes on? All the darkness has to flee. And because we were kind, loving people, like why would anybody want to hurt Christians or persecute Christians, arrest them, put them in jail? 
And yeah, I, one day I just had a revelation. Like that's why we were persecuted because we are light and darkness is threatened by us. And so the types of things that they would do, because we lived in the, in the communist country where everything was owned by the state. Because sometimes people would ask me like, Vladimir, why were you guys so poor? Were you guys lazy? Did you not want to work? Your parents just lazy or something? And it was not the case at all. My parents are very hardworking people. It wasn't that. It's because in our country, everything was owned by the state. So there was no private sector. You couldn't just start your own business if you didn't like how things were were working, right? So my father, he, he because he was a Christian, they did not want Christians to advance in, in our society. So my father had to settle for low paying jobs. And they, and they did a they made sure that Christians didn't go to the right schools to make sure that Christians didn't get high positions. And so it, it kind of like put us in the like at the very bottom of the social structure, so to speak. And every time my dad was captured and written up, they took away his bonuses. They took away, it, it hurt him even more. So they hurt him even more. So that's kind of uh, how we got to the point to where we didn't have much money to work with. And to kind of uh, make things work, we had to do a, a lot of uh, sharing, like the toothbrushes and, the, you know, you know, having to take turns to go outside to play with our shoes. And it was a tough time. But, you know, it's amazing that when your back is against the wall, so to speak, like my father had to pastor an underground church and they had to hide underground. And that's another thing. The reason why why he had to go underground, because the Communist Party, they said, look, you can have a church, but you have to register with the state. You have to make sure that you submit your sermons with the state. You have to appoint somebody from the Communist Party on the to be on the board of your church. Oh, and you can't have anyone under the age of 16 at your church. Oh, and you have to put the picture of our leader on the wall. So by the time you know, they stripped the church from everything. So my father did not want that. And so he decided to go underground. But what's so interesting is that when the Christians, Christians, when when their back is against the wall, that's I think it's uh, it's the best thing that could happen to a Christian because we have to surrender and die to ourselves. It's kind of like a seed when it goes to the ground. In order to produce much fruit, it first has to die to self. And because of the persecution, it made church very strong. I've heard stories how Christians would have dreams and visions in the middle of the night where to go for church service because they couldn't just pick up a phone and call people to go, hey, we're going to have church service on Sunday at this place because the local authority was listening to all the, the phones were tapped and they couldn't send emails or, or mail letters or anything like that because they would open them. But Holy Spirit would, would give people visions and dreams of street addresses and times where to go for church service. And sure enough, they would all show up and have church service. So just stories like that, supernatural things. Holy Spirit, you know, God always protects his church. Vlad, as you think back over your childhood, you've already mentioned your mom and you've mentioned your dad. What do you appreciate most about your childhood? I know it was difficult. I know it had its difficult moments, obviously. But when you look back and you think back to the investment that your mom and your dad made, what sticks out is important. Ooh, that's, a, that's a really good deep question, Adam. You know, the first thing that pops in my mind, I'll never forget this. One of us, I forget who it was, could be my sister, could be my brother, brought this like tiny little candy bar. And this person, I can't remember who it was, so they could have eaten it themselves, but it was so special just to show the the love that we had for each other and the closeness that we had. I think it was my sister. She brought the candy bar home and my dad split it in like nine ways. And it's really like one of those like mini sneaker bars, right? And it split it in nine ways and we were all sitting there I'll never forget, I was a very young kid, probably like seven years old. And we were just looking at each other. And we, there's this humility. There's this closeness that I can never, you know, the closest that I felt uh, to, to the same humility, close, uh, just uh, that feeling was 
when I fasted for like five days, just water fast. Something about that that just, it was so beautiful. It was so special. We didn't have much, but we had everything. And that's kind of like, you know, sometimes with the, uh, we, we pity the third world countries, we pity the poor, but sometimes the poor are closest to God, if that makes any sense. And just the um, humility that I've experienced as a child was so special. And uh, to this day, I think back to that moment and how precious it was, even though we didn't have any much, but we had everything. And the most important thing that my parents taught was just prayer, the power of prayer, how powerful it is. Uh, you speak to where you want to be, not where you are. Kind of like my mom, people would say some some of the most hurtful things to my mom. They would say things like, your children will grow up to be criminals because you have a, such a large family, you can't provide for them. In the culture where two or three was the norm. And they would say just terrible things. And my mom, every day, she would take her hands and she would put her hands on her belly and she would speak the opposite. She would say, my kids will grow up, they will serve the Lord. Everything they touch will prosper. They'll be the head, not the tail. And she would just speak all these things over us. And you know what's so interesting, Adam? So many, what is 20 some years later, all of my brothers and sisters are here in the United States. Everyone's doing well. Everyone's serving the Lord. And so I just want to encourage you. If you don't get anything out of my, my story today, I just want to encourage you. There's so much power in what you speak in prayer. It's very powerful. Your words are powerful. This is the Edge of Adventure. Merry Christmas, everybody, from all of us here. My conversation with Vladimir Prognevsky of Operation Christmas Child will continue in just a moment. But I thought I'd take this opportunity to wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, since this will be the final episode of 2021. That's right, we're going to take next week off to rest and to prepare for another amazing year. As I look back over 2021, though, I am overwhelmed with a sense of gratitude. I'm thankful for this journey that we're on, thankful for all the many guests and organizations that have been represented on the show for the work they do, for the lives they're changing. I'm thankful for the Edge team that helps me to get it all done. For those who do the research, the editing, the designing, the emailing, and all the putting up with me. And yes, I am thankful for you, for the fact that you listen, you care, you encourage others, for the fact that you share these podcasts, that you believe down in your soul that there's something more than the routine. I am honored to be pushing beyond status quo with you here on the Edge of Adventure, in the new mobile app called Rugged Compass, and just in life. It's been a tough couple years for this old world of ours. At times, it has seemed so dark. For this reason especially, I am thankful at this time of the year and always for the light. Merry Christmas, everybody. Now it's time to get back to our conversation with Vladimir Prognevsky of Operation Christmas Child as we learn a bit more about this worldwide project and, of course, his personal story right here on The Edge of Adventure. And this is The Edge of Adventure. We're talking today with Vladimir Prognevsky, and he's talking a little bit about his story, but also, of course, sharing about Operation Christmas Child, Samaritan's Purse, and all that they are and all that they do year after year. And they do it thanks to the participation of so many people. Again, we mentioned a few minutes ago, since they launched this program, this effort, they've delivered 188 million shoeboxes. And you think about 188 million children and families that have been impacted in this way, shown love, unconditional love. 
for many times. That's a, their first encounter with such a, such a thing, unconditional love like that. So it's a very, very powerful initiative and project, and every year continues to bless children and families far and wide. Vlad, as you pack these, first of all, how old are your kids? I have an eight and a five-year-old, two boys. How do you get them involved in it, and what's the message you want them to be sure to take away as they're participating in this blessing on the preparation side? You know, this project is probably the best thing to introduce uh, generosity to the kids. I always say generosity is something that has to be taught. And uh, I feel like the reason why this country is so prosperous is because everyone's generous. Everyone I meet is generous in this country. In my, in my country, the motto is Ukraine motherland. If you won't steal, you won't have. And then we wonder why the country is now prospering, right? And so I want to make sure that this generosity that Americans have, this, this concept of generosity is exercised and encouraged in my children's life. And so for the first time, I remember we introduced this project. At first, they're like, what do you mean well, this is for somebody? Like they wanted to, to keep, you know, we would go shopping. They wanted to keep it for themselves. And it was a good teachable moment that, look, that we're doing something for somebody else. And then, oh, by the way, your dad received one of these shoe boxes when he didn't have anything. So it, it shows a good um, example. You, we lead by example what generosity looks like and what you have to walk it out. So I think for that alone is so powerful just because I think both sides benefit from this, the receiving and the giving, but it's better to give. And so for my kids, now I live in the first world country. I want to make sure that my kids adapt this uh, concept of generosity, that they grow up to be generous children. And now, you know, years later, we've been packing this, uh, these shoe boxes for several years now. Like yesterday, we packed shoe boxes. They were excited about it. They're going to the store and they're just like, I want to get this, I want to get that. And there's nice things that uh, they would want for themselves as well, but they're just so excited about it. It's like, hey, dad, what was it like opening up a shoe box? What was it like? Would you like to, the, what kind of things I should pack in the shoe box? Like when you were a kid, what did you like? And so they would ask me all these different things. And it was a great teaching moment for my kids. I enjoyed it. Vlad, the time to start thinking about it and preparing that shoebox would generally be when? Well, the third week in November is always the collection week. So anytime before the third week in November. And during that time, we have between four to 5,000 drop-off locations near you. So during that time, all these churches open up their churches for to be in a drop-off locations. And so it's during that time that you can go to SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC and just type in your address, your zip code, and you will see the closest church, participating churches to your house. And most of the time, they're super close. So you don't have to, before people would have to actually ship things to, to Boone. But now we have this National Collection Week, which is usually third week in November. And it's super simple. But you can also pack it online, pack the shoe boxes online, and you can learn more about that on our website. So we have multiple ways of getting involved. And also, if you have time to give, consider becoming a year-round volunteer. It doesn't stop with the shoe box. You can also serve. And whatever talent you have, we have a job for you. So if you're good with social media, if you're good with church relations, if you get, you know, if you have great people skills, or if you're a strong man and you like to lift big boxes and put them on the truck, we, we have a job for everyone. So get involved if you can. Pack in person. I think it's the best ways to do it with your family. When a family packs for another family, it's beautiful. But if that's out of the question for you, pack online. You have a unique perspective, right? You were a child who received the gift. You were a child who grew up under these um, difficult circumstances, certain level of poverty and persecution as we've established. And now you've got your own family, you've got your own business, and you're successful and you live a life that's free of some of those things that you fought or struggled as a child. And that gives you a unique perspective. Speak to those 
who are given an opportunity or have contemplated getting involved in something like this. Talk about the blessing that it is for us here who haven't lived that, okay? And yet we have an opportunity to bless a child who is living through that now. Your word to them would be what? Well, my word would be that uh, these boxes, they're more than just gifts. You know, sometimes people are like, well, I don't want to get involved in some some packing gifts. for somebody. You have to understand that it's a tool for the gospel. What, what's so special about these boxes is that the gospel comes with these shoe boxes. Kids get to go through a, a, a 12 lesson discipleship program called The Greatest Journey, where kids learn more about who Jesus is, how to have a relationship with Jesus, and how to share Jesus with others. So it's all about evangelism discipleship and multiplication these shoe boxes they're gospel opportunities to go to the most unreached parts of the world and not only do kids get a physical gift who doesn't like a physical gift right they're, they're loved on they, they get this physical gift with toys that are so special to them but most importantly they get introduced to the best gift giver um, to jesus and so and since the start of the greatest journey in 2009 over 26 million children got to go through this program uh, so it's just powerful, powerful, powerful stuff. And, and, you know, but again, without Jesus, it would just be a gift. But most importantly, that the gospel comes with these shoe boxes. So, the, the, why I would encourage somebody to participate in this project is because you'll be like a missionary from the comfort of your home. You can become a missionary. You can send these shoe boxes. You can put smiles on people's faces. But at the same time, you can share the gospel with these shoe boxes. And to me, that's what gets me excited. This is the Edge of Adventure, and we're talking Operation Christmas Child on this edition of the program, a very special edition, the Christmas edition. And our guest today is Vlad Prognevsky. He has shared his story. He shared his heart and his passion for people and for making a difference. And uh, what a wonderful time of year. Vlad, as we get ready here to wrap up and getting ready for Christmas ourselves, what is your word to the recipient of these boxes, these gifts. You know, it's interesting. Every year I pack these shoe boxes and I always include a little message for the recipient. I always try to put a little picture because some of these kids, they, they've never, they've never had a family or a healthy family. And so when they open up these gifts, they look at the picture and they're like, wow, somebody took the time to pack this gift. I must, this is my family. I must have a family somewhere far, far away. And they'll hold on to your picture. They'll adopt you. Well, I, I always make sure to, to, on the back of that picture, I always make sure to write a little message for the the little guy, little girl receiving the shoebox. And I always say something like, you know, when I was your age, I received the shoebox just like you did. And we lived in darkness. It was a hopeless, helpless kind of situation. And then I shared the testimony, but God brought us from darkness into light. And, and then I always say, you know, this life is like a journey, but it's not about how you start your journey. It's how you finish this, this it's like a race, right? It's how you finish this race. And I always say, I'm praying for you finish strong little buddy. And that, that's my message that I'm praying for him. I care for him. I love him. And I, and who doesn't like to hear that? And not only that, but they get a beautiful gift. Vlad Prognesky has been my guest today here on the Edge of Adventure. Vlad, you're awesome. Thanks for sharing your story. And I, th I think back to your childhood and I think back to all that it took to sort of get you from there to here, the journey. And now you're positioned to share that same love that you were shown as a child, both by your parents and through those that uh, had prepared these gifts. And now you're giving back, right? And, and I'm sure in a variety of ways, not just this way, but this is one of the ways that you're making sure that you return the favor and pass that same love and respect on to the next generation. So thanks for doing that. Thanks for taking the time. And I just uh, appreciate getting to know you and 
I'm thankful for Operation Christmas Child. Thank you, Adam. My pleasure. Great to have you on the show. And everybody, have a very Merry Christmas. Thank you all for being a part of this. You're a very meaningful, special part of my life. So thanks for that. And we will see you again next time right here on The Edge of Adventure. My name is Adam Asher, and you've been listening to The Edge of Adventure podcast. To learn more, log on to theedgeofadventure.com. And while you're there, check out the video series where we go off the grid to discover some of the great things people are doing all around the globe to make the world a better place. I call it my search for adventure and purpose. You'll find us on social media too. Just look for the hashtag, The Edge of Adventure. Thanks for joining us. Always great to have you with us as together we aim to live life for something bigger than ourselves. This is The Edge of Adventure, where we go beyond status quo.